Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. I'm a certified retirement coach. And today I have the honor of speaking with Stan Lieberman. Today is Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. And Stan is a former so-called rocket scientist, but he like really is. And he's turned himself into a web designer and a premier web designer. I will give you his website in the show notes, but I can tell you right now, if you want to write it down, it's stanswebdesign.com. It's a beautiful website. He really is very creative and has a really nice gift at making beautiful websites. But I'd like to talk to him and, and introduce you to him and you can hear about his story. Really interesting guy. Stan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So you were a rocket scientist. Tell me about yourself. Well, um, I many many years ago I was in college, and um, I know I wanted to. I I grew up. Let me put it this way: I grew up uh, without much money. So my whole goal of going to college, which I had a full scholarship for. Um, leave college and make money, never be poor again, never go through the struggles that I had to go through when I was a kid. And um, so I majored in science. I, I, I was pretty much good in any subject, except with one exception. I um, got a C in typing in college. Uh, <laughs> But almost all the other subjects, I got A's and B's. And um, so um, by my end of my second year in college, I had to choose a major. So there were three areas that I was interested in, math, physics, and philosophy. And I had a wonderful philosophy professor that sort of mentored me. And he talked me out of going into philosophy because he said, I can make more money in engineering. So that's that's the route I took. I graduated with a degree in physics. This was before computer science was even around. And um, then I went to graduate school and um, at the University of Michigan and and uh, switched from physics to math. And also on the side, kept on taking philosophy courses. And near the end of my graduation, Sputnik went up. And it was just a new ball game for me. That is an amazing accomplishment. I want to participate. So I, um, I got my master's degree and I decided... I want to work before I go on, and I got a, a um, in the same area that I lived in. There was Chrysler, and they had a plant that they had established building Redstone and Jupiter missiles um, for the Army. I got a job there with no problem, and started working, uh, analyzing tra- trajectories of, uh, of the missiles. And I did that for a couple of years, and I kind of started getting bored again. Um, and I had a, a friend that worked at another company called Bendix, Bendix Corporation, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, 
So I got a job at Bendix as a as an engineer, again uh, doing design of of uh, missiles, space uh, satellites, space vehicles, you name it. I I worked for Bendix for twenty years. Um, most people are familiar with two of the projects that I worked on. Um, we designed the control system for Skylab, which was the first space laboratory um, in orbit. And then we, we designed the control system for the Hubble telescope, which is still up there. So obviously, uh, we did a good job <laughs> with the control system. Um, and it was always at the, we were at the really cutting edge uh, in terms of what we had to achieve in, term, in terms of control, in terms of stabilization. Um, so anyway, I did good enough work, so they kept on promoting me. And I w- was interested in being promoted because I wanted to make more money. Well, it came to a point where I was really managing lots of people. And it started dawning on me that that wasn't as much fun as working, as working as doing analytical work. Um, But and during the times that I was doing a lot of analytical work, uh, our company worked with many, many other aerospace companies. So at least two months out of two weeks out of the month, I traveled and I, I traveled to um, all the major uh, prime contractors like Lockheed and Boeing. That's that was uh, traveling to Lockheed was my introduction to California. <clears throat> First time I got off of the plane, I left. Michigan in February, flew a blizzard in Michigan, flew, a plane flew to L.A., landed in L.A. This is before they had the the, uh, walkways. They brought the stairs up. They opened the door, and it was maybe 75 degrees and sunny. (laughs) I thought the plane crashed, and I was in paradise. (laughs) It pretty much is here. So I fell in love with California at that time, and, and I spent many, many, many weeks uh, traveling many times to California, uh, traveled many times to Seattle to work with Boeing, and uh, the company got a job, uh, joint, uh, a joint job with Convair, which was down in San Diego. So I spent um, in oh, around 71 working here for six months. Oh, nice. You know, working with Convair, um, working on a payload, set with a satellite payload program. I fell in love with San Diego, and I swore I have to get out here permanently. Uh, it took 10 years. Uh, ben Nix purchased a little company, a little controls company in Serrano Valley, called Continental Controls, again, no longer there. Uh, And they needed somebody to run the engineering operation. So that's what I did. I did that for 
several years and until um, they decided to, to sell the sell the operation again, as companies always do, buy and sell. Uh, then I, I went to work for Linkabit. I, this was the precursor of Qualcomm. Oh, okay. Did that for a few years. Worked at a, a few other small companies, mostly in the engineering areas, um, and um, decided to start my own company, uh, a high-tech company. And um, after a couple of years working pretty much 16, 18-hour days, um, since, since I ran the company and um, the, the it basically turned out that uh, the other people that I was, that we were working together, the other people didn't have the same interest and focus that I did. And I decided this really isn't the way I want to go. I've worked long enough. I've accrued enough dollars. And so maybe it's time to retire. Um, my wife was still working, um, and uh, my wife, by the way, I, I met her because she came to work for me in Bendix she, when I was uh, running an operation there. I, she's a software engineer, so um, long story, we met, and one thing led to another. Um, so we both, and, and we both moved out here to California. Um, anyway, I retired. I was a week retired, had a, had a ch chance to do a lot of thinking. And I decided, well, I'm kind of young, right? We're always young until you think you're old. Yeah. And um, what, I, what do I want to do for the next 20 years? Um, this was in the late 90s. Websites were just coming into uh, to, to prominence. Um, so I said, hey, new field, new challenge. I'm going to build, build and design websites. Um, well, anything, I've always felt that you can learn anything if you put your mind to it. Um, I went, I uh, took a few courses and read a bunch of books and started building web websites. I talked uh, my relatives into being my first clients <laughs> and um, kept learning. It was, it was a total challenge. It's, it's a total challenge today because technology changes so quickly. If you don't, uh, continue learning new things, uh, you're going to be out of business. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it, uh, really enjoyed working by myself, um, not managing. And um, after a few years in that business, um, I found a, a lady who, was the best web designer I've ever worked with, the best graphic designer. Her name is Kate Brand. And Kate and I have now been working together over 10 years. 
So the beautiful designs you see on, on uh, my clients' websites, we owe that design to Kate. Okay. But I, I'm the engineer. I write the code. I see. I put, I put the website on the hosting site. I find out ways to move all the technical stuff around. So that that's that's how I, I that's a, pretty much the story. Okay, so I have some questions for you. So just let's start with the most recent. So you're saying you're not the designer, but you're the technical guy. And on your website, you explain, I believe the term is clean design that you use in there, explaining that it makes the website better received by Google and the search engines. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Um, well, search engines um, look for certain things in a website. They look for websites that are easy to read, that are consistent, that have um, that shout out loud and clear the keywords. In other words, the keywords, what is the website about? What's the business about? What are the specific important things in the website? So you design the website and you write the code so a search engine doesn't have to spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. So that's the type of websites that we create. Okay, so somebody who wants to create their own website using GoDaddy or WordPress or something like that, it's essentially a different product from what you're designing because are you designing the code from the ground up? We do everything. Wow, okay. If somebody wants a really a custom-made website, uh, uh, their own theme, their own everything, we'll design it from the ground up. Mm. If somebody would like a uh, what's um, uh, a site uh, like WordPress or or GoDaddy website or a Shopify or Wix website or one of those, oh, uh, we'll we'll build one of those for them. Okay. It's um, it's really a function of the business what what do they want to achieve if they want to work themselves on the website. In other words, technically, with a with a WordPress type of website, uh, you can create it without a lot of technical knowledge. I mean, in practice, it doesn't work that that easily. But um, so we will build them a a WordPress website. Um, uh, it's, these are content called content management websites because the individual building it can manage the content of them. I see. Uh, but uh, all the websites that we build, we offer our clients uh, maintenance. In other words, that's nice. one of the reasons why we've been so successful is because we don't build a website and buy. Okay, you're on your own. We, we want to work with the business to make them successful. The more successful they are, they'll build big, bigger and better websites and we'll do them, do it for them. Or they'll refer us. We, I mean, all our business is through referrals. So um, we've been very successful uh, making businesses successful. 
and um, and it's a two-way street. And thus, as the business becomes successful, they've made us successful. So that's how it works. That's really great. And I, you, for me, have been a very well-kept secret. Like I was telling you earlier, I went on your website and I was looking at all your different web pages, your galleries, and that person used you. And I know that person, she used you. My oldest and one of my dearest friends ever, Jeannie, who's the CEO of Forward Packaging, she's got beautiful products all over your website. I had no idea. Why did nobody tell me about you? I feel really kind of cheated. So I'm happy to expose you to everybody else who's listening to the podcast because and I know that people who use you use you forever. So it's really quite an endorsement that it's all referral based. I just seem to have been out of the loop where I didn't, I, I didn't, nobody told me. So it's really nice okay, to get to yeah. meet you and, and be introduced to what it is that you do. Uh, if you use some products and you need help, it's really hard to get anyone to help you. And if you don't know anything about programming, then as a, as a web owner, you can be very frustrated because the product isn't working the way that you want it to work. So I think that's great that you follow through with customer service for everybody. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm at a school where, uh, well, I answer emails unless I'm away from my computer, or away from my phone. I answer emails almost immediately, nice. and um, it's just um, well. As an aerospace engineer, if you didn't respond quickly to a problem, you weren't in, uh, some something is gonna fail and, and uh, somebody's going to be in yeah, trouble. it can be disastrous. So we learned, um, you know, that we had a little little saying when we had a task, you know, when somebody gave you a task, when do you want the task done? The answer was always yesterday. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I grew up, mm. basically. Well, that's nice. That must be nice to work with you then as a customer. Um, were you scared to switch what you were doing as an engineer your whole life? I mean, I, you are, I guess you are still doing engineering. I thought this seemed like a 180 degree switch, but I don't know that it actually is. But I mean, were you scared to start out and do this whole new business on your own? Well, in starting anything new, there's anxiety. I mean, if there wasn't anxiety, you, you, you would not be human. Um, but the, fr- the function of anxiety is to focus, to, ha- to help your body and mind focus. And I live with, I enjoy that feeling of starting something new where suddenly there's a little anxiety, a little fear, and the challenge is to overcome it because that's where the pleasure is. It's a pleasure and accomplishment. And I mean, I wish everybody can feel that way on a, on a regular basis. Hey, I've learned something new. I've accomplished something new. It feels great. I think it's great that you did that because some people feel like they're too old to learn something new and you really never are. So I think it's great that you did it. Never. You're never too old. In fact, learning something new will help keep you young. Absolutely. Yeah, building new neural connections and keeping your brain sharp. I think it's great. Um, you, I want to talk about your interest in philosophy. You brought that up quite a bit in your past. So what is it that drew you to philosophy? What, what do you like about it so much? 
Well, again, um, everybody, let me put it this way. Philosophy is a discipline that uh, gives you a, um, oh, a set of instructions to live by. Okay. Um, a very broad set of instructions. <clears throat> And um, and I when I I think I was a freshman in college when I took they they were offering a course in philosophy and anything new interested me so I I took the course and I fell in love with it it was just a whole area I was totally unfamiliar with and I saw real quickly that they're teaching systems by which you can learn how to live your life or at least different systems you can choose. Um, and I said, well, that is like applying engineering principles to living your life. That's an interesting way to look at it. So, um, so I've, started studying philosophy and um, and um, over many years I've learned to de uh, to develop uh, a philosophy of, on which I can live my life and and do it explicitly in other words everybody has a philosophy but they don't think about what they're doing in as as a set of rules, a set of ways to live. I like to think that I'm following a certain way of life that is beneficial to me, that will make me happy, and that it will be fun. So that's that's what philosophy means to me. Okay, that's that's helpful for me to understand that. So then, if you were to look back. And let's say your professors had told you you can make the same amount of money doing philosophy or engineering. Which one would you have chosen? Oh, that is a good question. Well, there was a point there where I would have chosen philosophy. If this philosophy professor, this mentor of me said, Stan, let's go into philosophy I'll show you a route. You can make a really good living. I would have probably followed that route. So I was just, I mean, I was jumping all over in terms of what I wanted to do. In fact, uh, I decided uh, a friend, again, a friend of mine was a chemical engineer and he was, telling me about all the exciting things that were happening in chemical engineering. So I said, I'm going to switch my major to chemical engineering. And um, I, I made the switch in June, the week before we finished classes. And when I came back in September, when classes start, I switched back to <laughs> physics. Uh, you know, to me, any field was interesting. That's, um, I just had to decide which field did I want to work in. 
And uh, like, uh, well, if Sputnik never happened, uh, I may be, I may have gone on, uh, gotten a doctorate in math and be a math professor in mm. college somewhere. So many paths so, you could have taken. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it sounds like you would have been successful because you were naturally good at it. It sounds like whatever you'd chosen. And I was good at it, but um, I remember the old famous saying by Einstein that um, it, uh, his genius is, what is it? Two percent. Two well, his, his achievements are 2% genius and 98% perspirate, uh, work. Yeah. I don't remember the exact statement, but yeah, I could have been good in anything because my focus is to work on whatever I'm doing and learn it, learn it in enough detail that I could understand the basic principles and be creative. And again, I believe that most people can do that if they really want to. They're really excited by it. It sounds like you're excited about the stuff you're learning too. It wasn't just like I can do it. It's that you wanted to do it. You were excited by it. I'm always excited about learning new things. That really comes through. So what do you do when you're not doing uh, your web design? I'm reading philosophy or books, keeping up with physics and math. Um, and um, and traveling, planning travel. Um, I love to travel. We've been, I guess, Joyce and I have been to around 60, 70 countries so yes. far. And um, to me, traveling is also a real learning experience because for every trip that we've taken, I uh, start studying the country. Mm. Uh, things to do. Um, I create a book. You probably could see some of my notebooks in the back of the shelf. Those notebooks is on a trip. Oh. With with all the background information on the country and things to do and our plans. So again, travel travel to me is more than just uh, a relaxing kind of thing, which it is, a change of pace, a change of scenery, but it's also, again, a learning experience. Yeah, you're so organized. Well, I'm an aerospace engineer <laughs> if you weren't organized. Okay. As a rocket scientist, you are really in trouble. <laughs> I like that. Uh, what was one of your favorite countries? I'm sure you've done to a lot that you love, but which one of them? It's my my favorite. I mean, they're very close together. My number one favorite country is probably Greece. Mm. To me, Greece was the founder of Western civilization. Um, it was the founder of philosophy was was founded in Greece. Um, so. Greece uh, means a lot of things to me. And we've been to Greece about, I don't know, nine, ten times. Um, my second favorite country is Italy. There was so much um, 
so much to see, so much to do, so much history in Italy. Um, third favorite country, possibly France. Um, again, for, for so much to see and do in the history of the country. Um, and I enjoy meeting people. I mean, wherever we've traveled, I've never had a bad experience. Wow, that's impressive. Because I just have fun wherever I am. And even if we have, it's impossible to have a trip without some problems. I mean, the more you travel, the more problems. But to me, a problem is a challenge. Great attitude. Hey, we lost. Our plane got canceled. We're stuck in the middle of here. How are we going to get there? Well, let's work on it. So I enjoy the challenge of a, when a problem comes up in, in, in our travels. And, um, and you know, um, to experience new restaurants, new, new environments, to visit museums. I love archaeology. Um, I love visiting a lot of archaeological sites. You know, uh, in in Greece, my favorite ar- archaeological sites, of course, is the Agora, the ancient, or Agora, I think it's pronounced, thing. The um, also Greece is the major uh, area of the ancient Minoan civilization, which is a fascinating civilization. So, uh, which I've studied. So. There's a lot of reasons that I like Greece. Plus, I love the food and I love the people there. Yeah. The scenery, the mountains, the the water. Is it all? It's all. It's all perfect. Yeah. Um, has anyone ever called you a Renaissance man before? <laughs> I have uh, heard that term. I've heard that you, term. Yes. You just, I mean, the the things you're interested in are so broad. You have such a um, diversity of interest in all these academic subjects and you just eat them up. It's really, it's nice to see. You don't meet too many people like well, that. Yeah, that's true. I, I haven't made, I haven't met many people like uh, that. Well, so, but if there's anybody out there that would like to talk about any of these <laughs> subjects, you're the guy. Uh, that's really great uh yeah you're a really interesting person it's nice to meet you finally what's next for you is there some new challenge that you have something else you want to learn about um well i want to learn to to build better websites but that's a continuous thing um kate and i are really expanding our our abilities, our repertoire of what we can do. So that's a whole area. I'm uh, still continue reading philosophy, reading archaeology, um, um, and traveling. We have a bunch of trips planned to countries we've not been to. And um, so... I wouldn't say there's 
some new area because I'm, I, I got my fingers in so many areas. Once I go from one to another, there's a lot of new mm-hmm. stuff in each of them. Yeah, and there's so many hours in the day. So, but we lost a year and a half of travel. Exactly. So, so where are you headed? We're going. Well, our next trip, we were going to go to to Europe this summer, but Europe still isn't ready mm. to, to open up for us. So we're going to take a trip um, on the um, a boat trip on the Columbia River, um, an area of the country that I'm really not familiar with. The um, and um, and this is our first riverboat trip in the U.S. We've done riverboat trips in Europe, so looking forward to that. We'll be up in the Washington, Oregon area. And I have a daughter that lives in Seattle. So after the trip, we have a fly up and spend some time with, with my daughter, her husband, and our two grandkids out up there. So, which we talk on the phone a lot, but don't see them very often. How long has it been since you've seen them? Going on to two years right. now. Oh, that'll be nice. We do, we do, we do yeah. Zoom, but uh, well, one of the one of my grandkids, um, he's also a software engineer, so we've done a few jobs together, and uh, the other and the other um, uh, grandson is just finishing college as uh, in in digital marketing, so we've done a few jobs together. So I'm lucky to have, I have three, I, I have four grandkids all together. Three of them are in the sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so we, we, I have lots of opportunities to work with them. Yeah. You have a lot in common with them. Right. Yeah. So. So that that's going to be a fun trip, and then in the in October, which by then we hope Europe will be open, and we're going to go on a, a riverboat trip um, between Passau and Budapest, that area. Oh boy! So some new things. We've been to Budapest before, but we've not not been uh, on on the Danube, that area mm. of the Danube. That should be nice. Oh, looking forward to that. That sounds great. Well, Stan, the name of my business is Aging Purposefully, and that's one of the things I always like to see is that somebody is living out their purpose and fulfilling their purpose. And so I will ask you, do you feel like you lead a purposeful life? Because I have my opinion from the outside, but how do you feel? Well, I believe everyone should lead a purposeful life. Uh, using their mind, their, their rationality to leave, lead a life that will lead to happiness. Um, and I think that that's possible for everyone. Um, so I think um, one should, should lead a life where they can say every day, hey, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. 
enjoy themselves. I like that very much. So, and I'm, if somebody doesn't know how to really achieve it, I'm ha- happy to toss to them and give them some pleasure. Yeah. Do you have any other advice for somebody who's getting ready to retire that you would let, want somebody to know? Well, retirement is just a stage. Now, once they retire, they can really focus on moving into something that that they've dreamt of, or maybe they've never thought about it, something new. Hey, there'll be a challenge. Do Create something new. So that's what what I would hope that people do with their with their retirement lives. Yeah, because it shouldn't be quote retirement; it should be transitional. That all that point is, I've worked X number of years for now companies, etc. I'm going to transition into something else. Forget the word retirement. Yeah, that's a word that a lot of people that are in the retirement coaching and motivation, they they would love to get rid of that word altogether because it just sounds like now you're just going to go home and sit and and wait. <laughs> so let's, wait, yeah, yeah. we'd love to come up with a word that everybody wanted to use and everyone knew what it meant. It's just that you're just reinventing yourself, doing something new. Yeah. New stage of life. Exactly. Exactly. And it should be exciting and something to look forward to. I agree. Yeah. Well, Stan, I would like to thank you so much for your time today. I, I think you're really quite an inspiration. It's really nice to get a chance to finally meet you and and know who you are. And so for those of you who are listening, his website, if you, just really, if even if you don't need a website right now, you can just go take a look at it. But they're nice, and the most important thing is not just that they're pretty, but they function well and that ser- uh, search engines are going to understand and be able to work with your website well, and that's really a key. So you're not getting frustrated with it. And so it's called stanswebdesign.com. And I will have the link in the uh, show notes so you can click on it if you want to go check them out. But I guess, Stan, you're saying you're available for all kinds of things, not just websites. So if somebody wants to talk to you or get more information. So talk to people. You're wonderful. Meet new people. Um, now with being vaccinated and all, I'm starting to see people Personally, you know, hey, we, let's meet for coffee and talk. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. After yes. so long. Yeah. So, Kim, this has been the most uh, super pleasurable for me. Thank you. Super exciting to talk to you. Thank you. I feel the same. Thank you. You're very welcome. My thanks to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach, so if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2K for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now. 